0: Hey guys, welcome back to the Movie Night Podcast. Guess what? It's, it's Movie night. night. Um, This is the podcast where each week, Kira over there... And Sarah over there... We recommend a new movie to each other each week that the other has not seen. And then we talk about it and express our feelings and... Yeah, and that's why we're here. We be doing our best. We try hard.
1: Yeah, well, sort
0: yeah. Of. <laughs> um. So, what have you been up to?
1: Um. Not much. Um. I have just been working and hanging out, trying to make the most of my days off, which is good. Um. That's about all I can say. I've been playing Among Us.
0: So fun. Which is
1: fun. I've been playing with my friends. Um. In the evenings, and it is very fun um i
0: played with kira and her friends one time and it was a lot of fun it's so.
1: super fun if you haven't played it i strongly suggest it's a very very simple game that you could like easily get into like it's not anything special or hard or anything it's just it's just really fun to play with your friends and to basically lie to each other yeah. it's the best part um we just love lying and like just lying with our whole chest it's the best part <laughs> What about you? What have you been up to?
0: Um, So last week I went on my very first date ever.
1: Congratulations.
0: Thank you. Thank you. It's definitely um, a stepping stone in my life. Uh, So I met this boy on Hinge. I met him on a dating app called Hinge, which is really cool if you're like actually trying to like pursue a relationship and not so much like a hookup, like kind of like Bumble and Tender, kind of have like the same like...
1: They you have, know, like, a hookup connotation. Like. Yeah, and
0: like, the same kind of, like, motive. And, like, right. you can meet somebody on Bumble who, like, could be willing to date you or just, like, wants to hook up, which is, like, that's fine. But Hinge is really cool because it's a lot more relationship-based and it's better for meeting people. And I like the app. I think it's cool. Um, you can be really authentic on it, which is awesome because, you mean, you might as well be your true self. Hinge, sponsor us. Literally, do it. <laughs> I spend a lot of time on that app, tragically, but... <laughs> But yeah, so I went on my first date with a boy named—we're not gonna say <laughs> it. We're not gonna say his name on our podcast. <laughs> He's—he can remain anonymous. Yes. Um, if he's listening, you know who you are. Uh, yeah, we went to dinner and hung out for a bit, and it was—it was an interesting experience for me. Right. Going on your first date ever as like a a young adult is totally different than being like fifteen and going on a date. Oh well, yeah. Not that I would know what it would be like to date (laughs) as a 15-year-old, but um, it was interesting and a different experience. And it took me like two days to like kind of process the whole thing, to be quite honest. Right. But it was really cool and really good. And if you're one of those people who's like, oh my God, I can't get on a dating app because I can't, I'm afraid to go on a date do it like literally if any if I can go on a date and like push myself to do that any of you can including you yes thank you for um (laughs) but yeah so I've been
1: I've been trying to um find a boyfriend so amazing so yes I mean I as one of Sarah's closest friends um she's told me a little bit about it and about the date and I think it is important to know that like we talked about it and you we kind of dissected it and dissected your feelings and figured it out that maybe you weren't super interested. You didn't, like, feel any sort of spark or connection. And we did or we i say we but you did like the responsible and kind thing and honest thing humane thing which is to not ghost the person to not ghost somebody if
0: you go on a date with them if you meet them in person be courteous and tell them what's up right there's
1: nothing wrong with being honest like which is exactly what sarah did and she sent a very lovely and honest text that You know, she wasn't really interested. She, like, thanked him for the date, whatever. It was so great. He was so nice. But, you know, she didn't really feel, like, the feelings that she was maybe looking and hoping to feel. So they just, like, called it. Yes. And yes. the guy was really, really, like, understanding and nice about it. And, like, clearly, like, in his text, he appreciated it, Mm -hmm. which I think is super important. Yes. And amazing that, like, because, like, I don't know, like, ghosting is... So big, like, and so rude, and, like, I've been ghosted before, and it just makes things, like, messy and
0: complicated and confusing, and, like, this boy that I went on a date with was literally so nice and so kind, and he didn't deserve that, Mm -hmm. and, like, I'm not gonna talk to you for two weeks, go on a date with you, and then just ghost you, like, that's just not cool, and, like... If you're, we're in our 20s now, like, ghosting is, like, if you've never met and, like, you're
1: messaging somebody and they're being sus, like, you obviously ghost them. Yeah, but or like, if they're rude or, like, you know, trying to take advantage of you in any way, then, like, do what you have to do. But yeah. if it was a pleasant time and you just want to call it quits, I think just let him know. And he was so nice about it. And I think yes. it's just, that's the point of this little story. I think it's just to tell people not to ghost. Yeah,
0: for sure. Definitely, like, you just know, like, take uh, take other people's, like, feelings and emotions into account and, like... Treat them literally how yeah. you would want to be treated. Like I would, I've been ghosted, and like it's not fun. So like I yeah, would be an adult about it, and it's yeah. fine. But anyway, <laughs> with that, I really couldn't have asked for like a better like first date experience and like dating app experience. For so sure. I'm really, I'm honestly kind of lucky to like have such a good first experience, but. Moral of the story is, yeah, guys, it don't ghost people if you talk to them for two weeks yeah. and if you meet them. It's just and it not cool. It seems
1: scary and seems hard, but like really it's a simple text message and that's it. That's yeah, like I said, you do. can
0: never go wrong with like being honest and nice and doing the right thing. Yeah. So I know. exactly. Um, um.
1: <laughs> But but yeah, so um I know you did that. Anything else new on your on your Um, not really. But you wanna go ahead and get into it? Yes, I'm down. I can't oh, wait. Oh, we do have oh. new art. Oh, yes. New yes, cover this art. This is very important.
0: So my friend, Abby, who I went to college with, she's one of my dear, dear friends. She made, we mentioned this in like, what, two weeks ago, two podcast episodes ago. We mentioned that she was making us cover art and it came in and we think it turned out so amazing. And so good. I think yes. it, she totally like captured our vision and did exactly what we wanted and, we're really excited about it, Abby. Thank you so much. Yes. We are so grateful, very appreciative. Again, check out her needlepoint Instagram. <laughs> it's called A Needle and a Point. It's dope. She's very talented. So everybody, check it out. Um, and we love you. And you should listen to this episode because she told me to watch my
1: movie. So, <laughs> Abby, you're the best. Shout out, friend of the podcast, Abby. Thank you very much. Yes. Okay. You're into it, shall we? Yes. yes. So I will go first. Yay. Um, last week in the spirit of spooky season um sarah recommended to me beetlejuice which is very exciting because i had never seen it and i was cold kind of uh holding off on watching it yeah because we had or just i've been holding off on this movie for a really long time because basically since like we started talking about the podcast yeah i was about to
0: say when we first started talking about it i was like do not watch this movie we're saving
1: it for halloween and we are right here with so it. i've been waiting a while to watch this movie which is so good and um let's get into this I'm so excited to hear you talk about it
0: because when I first watched this movie I remember liking it so much more and I think I first watched it when I was like 15 Uh uh-huh and I thought it was way cool and like I still think it's cool and Michael Keaton is kind of an icon and so is Winona and
1: it's good I'm excited to hear you talk about it okay So I will give you guys a brief synopsis of Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Stop it. Sorry. Um, (laughs) It just like comes out of my floor. Oh my God. So this is the story of Adam and Barbara. Okay. And they live in like a beautiful country house in New, New England, or I guess it's not really, I think they live in Connecticut. I think it is specified, but... Uh, basically, one day while they're driving home from being in town, they are involved in a car accident where they drown in the river oh. and they managed to walk home and basically discovered that they are dead and now haunt their house, essentially. They can't really leave their house. They are stuck there as ghosts. And so basically their house ends up getting purchased by a new family and they are... The new family's moving in, and, like, Adam and Barbara feel kind of threatened by this family because they are, like, super over-the-top, like, New York, yeah. rich, hoity-toity, artistic people. Very extravagant, people. Yeah. Yes. Um, And they move in, and, um, you know, they're starting to change the house in ways that the couple do not like. Um, so, but, I mean, the they do, however, Adam and Barbara do, however, like They find, uh, the daughter to be pretty pleasant. They like her a lot. Yeah. Um, she is the gothic daughter of the family who's played by Winona Ryder. A queen. Yes. An icon. And her iconic bangs. Um, but yeah, so basically the couple, Adam and Barbara, they do their best to try to scare the family out of the house. Right. But it doesn't end up working. In fact, like the family just kind of gets more fascinated by them. And basically Uh. they want to like kind of exploit the two ghosts and make money off of them somehow. Um, and like use it to their advantage. Um, but basically they, the two, Adam and Barbara end up, um, like they end up uh, calling Beetlejuice, right. who is a known people exorcist, <laughs> so instead of exorcising the ghosts out of a person, he exorcises, like, the people out of their house, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, and they find Beetlejuice's tactics very dangerous and scary, and they try to contain him and uh, save the family and the couple, right. um, basically, from Beetlejuice. So let's talk about the cast let's do it the cast is pretty freaking iconic so we have alec baldwin a young and very hot, hot adam ball alec baldwin sorry adam his name is adam in the movie but right. uh, it's alec baldwin hot and he kind of looks like ryan gosling yeah in this no movie. He's, he's handsome he is very handsome These little glasses yes super cute so he plays adam who is um married to Barbara who's played by Gina Davis and she is like I think she's I mean like she was kind of a star in her right too as well back in the um, late 80s early 90s this was kind of like a kicking off point for her career oh cool um and then so Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis play Adam and Barbara the ghost couple and then Beetlejuice is played by Michael Keaton and this is a pretty iconic role for him as well and then we have my literal queen, Catherine O'Hara. Yes! Playing Delia, who is the over-the-top, like, artist mom. Very on-brand for her. Super on-brand. She's basically she's basically the character Moira from Schitt's Creek. Yes. A, like, literally the exact same. Um, I love that so which much. Which is hilarious. And then um, so she plays Delia, who is, like, the artistic mom who moves in. And then she is married to Charles, who's played by Jeffrey Jones, Who, I don't know if this is a... I noticed this this right away without having to look it up, but he played Ed Rooney, the principal in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yes,
0: I I do know that. I I noticed that so quick. I reckon... Yes,
1: yes. Clearly he's an 80s icon as well. Yes, clicking in my brain. Things are matching up. And then, as I already stated, we have uh, Winona Ryder playing uh, Lydia, the goth daughter of Charles and Delia. Goth queen. Yes. And that's pretty much it in terms of like the heavy hitters that like yes. you and I would both recognize and like the main that players. our listeners need to know yes and then so um if you don't already know this movie is directed by Tim Burton and oh this, I didn't know that you didn't? no um it's very Tim Burton esque so I find I that know. interesting that you didn't really know this I guess I just didn't know well I think um I saw a lot in like the letterbox comments and things like that that like yeah. they were saying that like if this movie had been made in like the late 90s or the early 2000s it would have been like trap like they wouldn't have been as good because it would have been like it would have been like more modern Tim Burton right it would have had fucking Johnny Depp in it and it would have been like weird CGI and super weird but like thankfully it was made in the late 80s like that and like Tim Burton I think this is like one of his best personally wow um I don't know how I didn't know that
0: yeah, I guess so when I think is, of Tim Burton, I automatically think of his, like, stop-motion films. For sure, for sure. But also, like, he did, like, you know, the, the modern... hand. The hand. he did the modern... With like,
1: also Winona
0: Ryder. He did the modern Alice in
1: Wonderland. Right, right, right. Um, but that's very cool to know. Yes, so this movie came out in 1988. It is rated PG, although a fun piece of trivia is that it does, ha- like, they say the F word in it. Wow. Um, so it's like, I, I'll get to, there's, I'll be able to tell you the real trivia, but there's only like a couple other movies from the eighties that are rated PG with the F word still in it. Wow. I love that. Um, so that's interesting. It is an easy one hour and 32 minutes long. Nice. You're welcome. (laughs) And it um, won an Oscar for Best Makeup, which I could totally see. Dope. Like, especially, like, all of, like, the dead people in this movie, like, are, like, beautiful shades of, like, green and blue. Like, it's very Tim Burton, like... They look animated almost. Like yes. uh, I think the makeup is pretty I mean obviously it's like corny and cheesy and it's like too much, you know, like right. it's not realistic, but it's not trying to be. Yeah, obviously that's like the point. Right. And I'll have some I have some trivia about that as well. Awesome. Um but yes, an Oscar for best makeup, which is very cool. Well deserved. Um, yes. So there are what should I get into first? Trivia maybe, yes. You think? Okay. I want to hear everything. So let's get into some trivia. trivia. Um, this has got some pretty good trivia, which I find very fun. Um, but basically, first hard-hitting piece of trivia is that Michael Keaton, who plays Beetlejuice, ad-libbed 90% of his lines. You're kidding. I am not kidding. What? 90%. Which I find insane. So what was scripted? I don't know. I wish I could tell you. Oh, wow. But, like... I think that's insane. You know and I love, like, a, an improvised moment I know. that makes the cut. And, like, with that being said, like, this is Michael Keaton's favorite film of his. Oh, really? Yes, that's what it says. Sheesh. Here, according to IMDb. <laughs> but, yeah, I I think that's really cool. But I think, like, when you give an actor, like, that so much leeway and so yeah. much, like, of a chance to like make a character his own, I think that's amazing. Well, it's just like ugh, I hate to bring up Moira from Shits Creek, but like, I you you told yeah. me that you just watched the documentary right about Shits Creek yeah, where yeah, basically yeah. like she had so much Moira or you know Catherine the, O'Hara was yeah. given so much like so much leeway and so much control of her over her own character. Yeah, like, like the things that make Moira Rose came from Catherine O'Hara, right, which is amazing and. I think, like, there's something to be said about, like, a very good actor be, actor or, or actress being able to, like, just add their own flair. It and, shows like,
0: that they're good at their job. Exactly.
1: And, like, creative people are creative people. And, like, yes. the more creatives that you have contributing to the the piece, like, is only going to make it better. So, no, like, 100%. I think, like, as long as the person has, like, the capabilities, why not, you yeah. know? Wow, I can't believe this is his favorite film. Mm-hmm. That's actually insane. So, another cool piece of trivia... The studio originally wanted to call the film "House Ghosts," ew, which I think is funny, but whatever. And then, as a joke, Tim Burton suggested that they name it "Scared Sheetless." Oh, because like they, uh, sheets play kind of a decent role in the movie. Because like when the couple Adam and Barbara are trying to scare the new family out of their house, they yeah. like put sheets over their over their whole bodies to like be like, like yeah. you know, ghosts, and like they do the scared most scared Sheetless. scared sheetless. And Tim Burton was horrified when the studio was actually considering naming it that. Oh my god! Because he suggested it as a joke. Take the joke. I know, exactly. Um, Read the room, Barbara. And then, um, uh, I guess this is interesting. Um, according to Michael Keaton, the Beetlejuice character was described by Tim Burton as having lived in every period, but no time period, if that makes sense. I don't know if that makes sense. But Keaton used that as like a jumping off point to create the character. Um, and then he said when he first showed up on set as Beetlejuice, the crew started chanting, Juice, Juice, Juice. <laughs> <laughs> and Keaton says that this got him very excited for his role. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> juice, Juice. Um, oh, also another interesting fact, Beetlejuice was the first DVD sent out on Netflix in 1998. So when Netflix, Netflix was like mailing people DVDs, this was the first DVD that was sent out by Netflix in 1998. Wow. Ten years later, Beetlejuice was the first DVD. You think it would be on Netflix then? True. I had to pay for it, it was on Amazon Prime. Gosh. God damn. I didn't even think of that. Wow, that is interesting. But I think that's so cool. And like, that's pretty very cool. pretty legendary. Yes, very um, iconic. That's just so cool. No, for and, sure. And like I love thinking about like Netflix's past. Yes, like, I remember that like in like 2005 before I moved to Georgia, yeah. like our neighbors had like the subscription Netflix and would like have three DVDs mailed to them and then like mail their three back and like have three DVDs to watch. All Crazy. And I'm like, "Oh my Crazy. god." Crazy. <laughs> Remember Um, your roots. For sure. Um, Also, so Tim Burton feared that the Deo, I don't know if you... Deo! Exactly. There's a very iconic scene in this movie, which I loved first of all great scene i loved the song yeah like i liked it before i even saw this movie we were
0: singing the song before we started recording different
1: songs so this one is the um this one's like the one that goes like six foot seven foot eight Eight foot bunch it's about like bananas okay it's about like farming bananas or whatever and it's this it's the song that they danced at the dinner party when they're like being possessed by adam and barbara the house ghosts okay um and basically Tim Burton he feared that that scene that like iconic dinner party scene would not go over well and in his opinion, he didn't think it was very funny, and he turned out to be very wrong because the audiences loved it and thought and think that it's one of the most iconic scenes, which I totally agree. Oh, for sure. When, when I that think- started happening, maybe we can put, maybe we can somehow get a little clip of it on the Instagram. I'm sure we can find something. Because it's so, I was so like, what the fuck is
0: happening? That's <laughs> what I remember, like from, In the best way. That's one of the things I remember most from that movie is like, you know- you know all of them just like singing Dah! and just like being possessed at their crazy dinner table and then like Winona Ryder's like you know floating in the sky like that's the stand with the difference on the one that
1: we were singing okay yeah but, but, the, um, but the
0: dinner party scene is very so iconic. iconic
1: and they're eating like giant shrimp cocktails and yes. then like at the end of their possessions the like shrimp cocktails like jump out and like grab their faces yes oh my god it's so good it's very <laughs> iconic um, Another piece of interesting trivia, Michael Keaton, who's obviously the title character of this movie being Beetlejuice. Right. Um, He only appears in 14 and a half minutes of this film, which is an hour and 34 minutes long. Wait, what? He's only in 14 and a half minutes, which I can totally see. I haven't seen it in a while, but wow. Yeah, I think that's crazy. He really comes in towards the end, like the very end, um, when he's scaring off like the family for the right. first time and then otherwise he's like really small and he's like in uh the model
0: oh makes sense. okay yeah 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 wow yeah
1: so adam one of the like the uh who is played by alec baldwin he's one of the ghosts before he died he let he made like a model of the, town. of the town and that was like his pride and joy or whatever and it's always in the attic and it's just like this model of the town and beetlejuice for some reason is like until like you call his name three times, right? He's like stuck in the model as like a mini Be- Beetlejuice. Weird. And like that's where he is most of the movie until like they finally um, Winona, wow. Winona, Winona yeah. Ryder finally calls his name three times so he can save the family. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Um, I'm so fascinated. So this is another like this is more like a goof like a you know like I don't know this is just interesting. So throughout the movie, um. Adam and Barbara, the ghosts, they they go to like uh different parts of like the afterlife. Right. Um, and like talk to different people about like what they're doing and like how to get the new family out of their house and stuff like that. And so like when they're in the afterlife, they come across a lot of people, other people who have died. Yeah. And so all of the people in like the waiting rooms and the offices that they go to are in the, the exact condition they were when they died. Okay. So there's like a lady who's been cut in half and like her body is in half and you know it's a little joke and um I think there's like there's like someone like is choking on something and he's like red in the face and like there's something stuck in his throat and so like that's exactly what he looks like when he died and then you know just people have like are in their exact condition when they died oh there's like the guy who like got ran over and he's like flat (laughs) so like people are in the condition they were when they died but Adam and Barbara drowned that's how they died but they are never they're never wet like, right. they're never wet in the afterlife, which um, uh, Tim Burton felt like, uh, he felt that keeping the actors wet all the time would be really uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> So that's the only reason why they're not wet. Otherwise, like, it would be like a, con- a continuity, like, to keep them wet all the time because that's how they died. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I think that was a smart decision to not to keep them dry. Definitely. Yeah. Um. So this is also interesting. So in the waiting room, um, like I just said, uh, there is a woman who's like cut in half, right? And so her legs are like crossed on one yeah. side of the couch, and then like the top half of her body is like reading a magazine on the other side of the couch, right? If that makes sense. Yes. And um, the bottom half of her legs, um, is played by Tim Burton's then girlfriend. Oh
0: wow! <laughs> just a little. A little piece of Can't you imagine, there? like, her coming to set for fun and Tim being like, no, you're going to go sit over there and you're going to partake in this film. Like, yes. you're going to... Okay, there's, funny. there's so much good trivia.
1: I have a, just a couple more. Okay. But, um, there is, um, a character in the film called Otho... Who is basically like the new family's interior decorator? Is he the, the larger man? He's like the larger man. Yes. yes. He plays like the interior direct decorator for the house. Um and then he also, I think he's also just like a family friend. And also he is like a paranormal expert guy, which is oh, very wow. interesting.
0: <laughs> but very he uh, helps. Yeah. He
1: does like, they do a seance towards the end of the movie. Uh-huh. Um, and he like runs it because he's like a paranormal dude. Anyway, um, that actor, the actor who played Otho, his name is Glenn Shaddix, and he died September two thousand and ten, and the last song performed at his memorial service was "Deo," the banana boat song, which was used in the dinner party song. Isn't that sweet? That <laughs> jaw on the floor, heartbreaking. So in sweet, so especially because like I've never heard of that guy before. So that was probably like his. I mean, that's a it's a famous movie. It's a yeah. classic. Like that's amazing. I love that. I know that's sweet. Okay. One or two more. <laughs> Apologies. No, you're fine. So Keep Catherine going. O'Hara, yes. who we know and love, met her future husband on oh. the pro- on the production set. He is his name is Beau Welch, who is her current husband, and he is the produ- production designer. Um, and basically Tim Burton told Beau Welch that he should ask her out. Oh, wow. And now they, then they dated and they're married and they're married today. I love that.
0: I know. Crazy. Like people meet on
1: set and like they fall in love and right, actually stay in love. And I bet that, and it's like not like two actors or anything like that. Yeah. It's just like a guy who works on the set. And then, um, and also like that probably makes the movie even more special. And like to meaningful. them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: For sure. God, I hope she watches it this spooky season.
1: Okay. My last piece of trivia. Is that, um, the movie, is like, box office success, um, basically, like, set the stage to, like, have a potential sequel, and the oh. sequel was supposedly gonna be Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian. Oh, God. Which, I don't know, I'm kind of glad that wasn't made. Me too. But basically, the, a script was commissioned... And Michael Keaton and Winona Ryder were both signed on for this new um, sequel. Yeah. Uh, But Tim Burton, like, lost interest in the project and then went on to, like, direct Batman and Batman Returns. And then, even as late as 2015, Warner Brothers was still trying to get an an original sequel, like, put into production throw it out in 2015 That's it, ridiculous move on I'm sorry but Winona that's Ryder 30 years is old and like, half, old. a lot of people no, are dead and no like or, I mean not a lot of people but Otho's dead yeah <laughs> Rest like in peace and Catherine Rojera is like I mean she could still she's, do it I mean, yeah, she could still she's do Laura. it let's, let's be honest she could definitely still do it wow they they don't need to do that they it's, definitely it. don't but I think like that's so interesting that like Warner Brothers is like 2015 they're like let's do it like we still want this beating that dead that dead ghost yeah for literally. Real. beetlejuice goes hawaiian i know i'm just like what even is this Ew. like the proud family movie like can we not yeah what is this even stevens like <laughs> i love even stevens oh, God. um but yes that is most of the trivia that i have that is all very interesting super good trivia right yes so I just wanna real quick talk about some of my favorite scenes. Do it! Um, obviously, I already brought this up, but the dinner party scene uh-huh. was everything. As soon as that happened, I was like, this is this is amazing. Yeah, like this is amazing. Yeah. Um and then obviously, like we talked about the end, which was also another musically based scene. But at the end when we kind of see that um Winona Ryder's character, she's like a 16-year-old girl or whatever, yeah. but she basically she kind of it's it's not like implied or any or it is kind of implied but it's not like stated outright but like she seems to get kind of like adopted by the ghosts, barbara and adam yeah the ghosts because she she was the one who could always see them also which, right which is a point i forgot to mention but i um, think didn't they like allow her to see them i don't think so so no one of her iconic lines is like um adam and barbara the ghosts they're like why can you see us and why can no one else see us and she's like well she says, she she's quoting, like, the deceased handbook, oh. and she's saying, well, I read the handbook, and it said that, like, normal people, normal living people, like, tend to not see the strange and unusual, but then she says, but I am the strange and unusual. Oh, I know. So that's an iconic little quote from Winona Ryder in that movie, but, so she can always see the ghosts. So, uh-huh. so that's why she kind of became friends with them, and, like, they can see her, obviously, and she can see them, and so... Um, that's why they kind of like took a liking to one another. Right. Uh, but yeah, it seems like they've kind of like that's become sweet. her adoptive parents almost, which is great because the, her re- regular parents are kind of yeah trash in yeah. a way. <laughs> um, I feel like don't they like kind of like brush her off? Basically. Yeah. And like, they're just not really as interested in her as anything else. But, um, and also at the end we see that like they're living together, like the family and the ghosts are all living together in the same house and the house looks more like the original, uh, um, right original house that Barbara and Adam had like built for themselves. Um, like they house their original furniture and stuff back, which is great. Um, but yeah, but like uh Delia and Charles are like upstairs in like a separate part of the house and mm-hmm. like uh Charles and Adam are like in the uh I'm sorry, not Charles and Adam, Barbara and Adam, the ghosts, are like waiting for uh Winona Ryder to come home from school and they're like, How did you do on your math test? Like Cute. like being her parents, you know, and then like and then like they let her I don't know, she's like, well, can I, like, I got an A on my math test, like, can I do the thing? And he's like, oh, I guess. And oh, she gets, yeah. like, lifted up into the air, like, and s- basically does that little song. Jump in the line, rock, rock your body, body in time, time. okay, I, I believe, believe you. you which is just, like, so weird and, like, out of pocket, but, like, amazing. Love it. Um, yeah, so those two scenes were really great, just really wholesome. Um, but other than that, like, um... Oh, wait, there is one more piece of trivia that I remember. But, like, something that I really liked about the movie, which I don't normally like, because, like, you know me. Like, I don't really... I'm not a huge fan of, like, corny stuff. Right. But, basically, the budget for the movie, or the movie's, like, special effects was, like, a million dollars, which sounds like a lot. But in terms Mm -hmm. of, like, a movie like this, where it's all paranormal and it's all, like, it's all special effects. Like, that's not a lot. It's really not that much money to do all that stuff so basically tim burton decided to like make all the special effects as corny and as like b movie as possible oh wow and just tried to make it like super corny and so like that's it was that was like done on purpose and it really like i don't i think it hits different because of that like you know it's supposed to be like it's tim burton too so it's like it's already like in its own universe right you know like that's he kind of does that like he creates his own universe so like it doesn't nothing has to like be exact or super sure. realistic anyway, yeah. um, which is cool. So I just, I just thought that was awesome too. That like, is cool. The special effects are like super corny, but in like the most wholesome and like adorable. But the special effects are also like way. They add to the film. And I think if they were done
0: any other way, the film would yeah. not be Yeah. And they like,
1: is. they add to the universe in which the film lives in, if yes. that makes sense. Yes. Um, which is really cool. I love the model. Like, like I said, Adam, he has a model of the town and like, right. it's, it's used like throughout the whole movie as, like, kind of, like, this, like, plot device. Yeah. And like, it's really cool. And, like, the way that the the filming, like, they film inside the model sometimes and outside the model and sometimes at the same time. It's right. very cool. It is cool. um So I loved that. I loved, obviously, fucking Catherine O'Hara is so good. Yeah. And, like, not even just because of Moira, like, her and that character being so similar, but, like, she's just, she's so good. Yeah. Like, a yeah. lot of people on Letterboxd, too, are very shook by, like, Winona's acting and her performance and everything, which also is great. But, like, right. Winona just stands out so much for me, and I'm just obsessed with her. There's also something that I caught that I don't think anyone else caught. There's a point in the movie when you see, like, Charles, the dad, he's, like, wearing this, like, ugly Christmas sweater. It's, like, a red sweater with, like, snowflakes on it or something. Uh-huh. And then, like, in a couple scenes later, you see um Catherine O'Hara's character, like, chopping onions, getting ready for the dinner party. Right. She is wearing the sweater as pants maybe we can put this on the instagram (laughs) because i noticed this shit she has her legs through the armholes and like suspenders holding the sweater up onto her body what? And I'm like, she's the weirdest bitch alive. Like, I was so like, on brand. Yes. Obsessed with her. Oh my god. It's just random. And I'll show you a picture of it so you believe me. But I was just That's like, hilarious on, though. Talk. But yeah, I really, really liked this movie. It was super fun, it's just super interesting to look at. Like everything about it is like funny. It kind of in a super weird way reminded me of Cat in the Hat. Oh. A little bit? Interesting. Like the cat in the hat movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Which I is also like it's With own, Michael Myers. It's like its own little that is Al also Baldwin is in that too. <laughs> true, 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 true. That also is like its own little universe. Yeah. But just in terms of like style and like um the antics that like go on in the house, I don't know, it kinda reminded me of that in a weird way. That is interesting.
0: But I see I see where yeah. you're getting that from. Um
1: but yeah, I just I really liked it. It was really great. It was just adorable and like I really liked it a lot. I love that. Um, Read me some Letterboxd. Yeah. There wasn't a ton of, like, great... Honestly, the, there's it's just a lot of, like, honest and true praise for the right. movie. Yeah. Not a ton of, like, jokes or anything. The jokes tend to come when the movie's trash. Um, but basically, um, I just have a couple for this one. But um, someone named Blake on Letterboxd said that they love this prequel to Schitt's Creek. <laughs> Which, of course, the same. On brand! Someone named Karsten um, said that uh, the movie was much better than I remember. The first time I saw this, I was in seventh grade, and all I can remember about the experience was saying, I can't believe they're playing Six Foot Seven Foot by Lil Wayne. <laughs> because famously, Lil yes. Wayne sampled that piece. the song yes. Dio in, his, uh, his, six foot, in his Six Foot Seven Foot song. Yes. Anyway. Um, oh that's funny someone named Lucy quoted um, Catherine O'Hara's character who says it's my art and it's dangerous Ugh. which I love love Um, that's about all I have for the Letterboxd reviews again like, it was mostly just people saying how much they yes, fucking me love a lot of praise movie. yeah a lot of praise um, but yeah good I think that's about it for me I really really liked it super fun like a great I think Hocus Pocus still my favorite Halloween movie but this is a close second. Woo! I will close take that. Second. I will take that. Yeah. And like, like the outfits, like Beetlejuice's outfits, and like everyone's outfits. Winona's red, uh, red, red wedding dress. Winona's fucking bangs. Yeah. Um. Just like, all, uh, everything about it, loved it. Um. I love to hear that so much. Yeah, and like, uh just sweet and wholesome, and also funny and cool yeah and that's about all i have to say about that so what would you what would you rate it i would probably rate it a four and a half out of five stars woo i take sure. that it was really really good I you really say four it. and a half but i hear five i, I mean that's essentially, basically yes. i think there was just a couple slow parts um but other than that like so good woo so good i yeah. love that loved it i'm two with that i love it yeah absolutely it,
0: awesome it, yeah that makes me feel amazing so the movie that Kira recommended to me last week was Dr. Sleep for and for those of you who don't know that is the 40 year later sequel to 1980s classic film The Shining which, which is what I made Sarah watch last week and I'm so glad she did so <laughs> last week we did The Shining this week we're doing Dr. Sleep and wow bitch okay so I'll start off with a quick synops- synopsis So, still tormented by the past's uncomfortable memories decades after surviving the harsh winter at the Overlook Hotel in The Shining, which came out in 1980, it's only natural that a now sad Dan Torrance, who is played by uh, Ewan McGregor, Mm -hmm. has grown up into an alcoholic and a drifter. However, after managing for years to suppress his rare gift, Dan decides to put The Shining to good use at the local hospice hospice benevolent and becomes Dr. Sleep. Right. So with that, he starts working at this, like, hospice center and kind of starts to know when people are going to die. And, like, he kind of helps Comforts them, like, them, like yes. in their
1: final moments, which yes. is really nice. And so
0: that's where the name Dr. Sleep comes from. Um, and before he knows it, he makes contact with Abra Stone, a young girl with far more superior shining abilities. But their strong telepathic bond attracts the attention of the semi-eternal psychic vampire, Rose the Hat, and her marauding gang of followers known as the True Knot, who prey on the innocent and feed off the effervescent
1: essence of pain. So basically, like, this, like, group of this like cult essentially they're like, like uh they're like they're kind of drifters or like they're like nomadic people basically. yeah they all they, like, live in like rvs and like yes and they travel around and like they like to take children because children have very pure yes like essences and they use like the essence of children and like their pain to like stay young and live forever basically yes i will tell it thank you okay sorry
0: <laughs> um but yes exactly i i probably couldn't have said that better um So now once more, the restless and famished spirits of Colorado snow-capped purgatory in the mountains invite Dan over for one last winter. Does Danny dare to return to room 237? So basically what happens is the movie kind of kicks off almost to where it left off in a sense. And like, you know, there's like, there's modern actors and like their lookalikes and like they, it's really well done with how they pick the actors, how they act and how they talk and how they interact with each other on screen. But, so basically, Danny and his mom moved to Florida to get away from, like, you know, what they experienced at the Overlook Hotel, and, like, Danny is still very traumatized from it, but um, his friend, I think it was, uh, I forgot his name, but the cook from The Shining uh-huh. kind of, like, is still with him and is kind of mentoring him, even though he's dead, but they still share that gift, so he kind of mentors Danny and is like, you need to carp." Uh, compartmentalize like what you experienced and like grow from it and this and that and then fast forwards to Danny being an adult and he's like an alcoholic and a bum and is homeless and like is totally like out of whack and like needs to get his life together so he moves to this like new town in New Hampshire and like meets this guy named Billy who becomes like his best friend And he gives him a job, gives him a place to stay, and, like, he kind of turns his life around. Mm -hmm. So, it fast-forwards even more, and while that's happening... So, with the movie, there's a lot of moving parts that, in the beginning, was, like, not confusing, but I was like, okay, how is this all going to tie in? And they all do, eventually. Um... But, like we said, Rose the Hat, who is played by Rebecca Ferguson, she's, like, the leader of this cult, and, like, Kira was saying, she, like, kind of feeds off of, like, children's pain and fear. Very Hocus Pocus-esque. Yes.
1: And they... Exactly, like, Hocus yes. Pocus, where they use, like, the children to stay young yes, and live and they all, forever. Yes.
0: And so, like, their whole thing is, like, they live longer, they stay the same, and, like, you know, they just kind of eat these, like, the souls of these children, pretty much. Um, So, they're kind of moving around, doing their thing, while Dan's doing his thing, and then they um the true knots and dan cross paths when dan is in his house and there's like a chalkboard and like somebody writes hello on it and he writes back and like that leads them both to abra who at the time is like this little girl she has these magic powers and her fam- her family's like what is happening this is so weird like we right. don't understand
1: cuz she has the shining which yes. is what dan has but hers is like a tenfold lot- yeah, hers and is- she's like yeah. It very much so reminded me of, like, Stranger Things. Yes, totally, yes. totally. Like, big time Eleven vibes. Yes, big time Eleven vibes. She kind of, like, does, obviously, things
0: with her mind, and she, like, cures that she has The Shining, but it's kind of, like, ten times more powerful and is, like, very intense and, like, is super strong. So she talks to Dan, because they're... Like, telepathically. Telepathically, and they're connected, kind of the same way that Danny and the cook were from right. The Shining. So they talk, like, on and off, Like, they communicate, whatever, and then it fast-forwards, and then, like, all, the you know, she still talks to him, and, like, she can read minds and listen to people's thoughts and whatever, and then she begins to see what the True Knots are doing when they capture, like, a new, a new boy, like, a new soul, essentially, and so she tells Danny, and, like, you know, it's crazy, there's this whole scene where, like, this, like, this scene was... It's where Danny gets knocked out of bed. He wakes up and he, like, puts his arms on the dresser and looks in the mirror. And in the mirror is the word red rum, which is so triggering. And right? I was, like, shook when I saw that. And, like, he turns around and it says murder. So right. it's not, like, what he thought it was, whatever. But so they get connected. And then with that, Abra, like, almost exposes herself to the true knots. And the leader of them, like, Rose the hat. And so Rose
1: the Hat then, like, starts coming after Abra... Right. And because if the because- souls of children like keep her alive, then like Abra's soul, because she's so powerful yes. and has the shining, like, will you know will, her soul will do like crazy things yes. for her to stay young and to stay powerful so like they really want abra. Yeah, and, so like, basically her
0: soul. yeah. So Abra's like a game changer for Rose the like Rose the Hat and the True Knots. So she starts to come after Abra and then therefore Danny has to like make all these moves and protect Abra and right. that's kind of where like all of the moving parts connect.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um and then like you know she gets captured they try and defeat like the True Knots and like they kind of do and then Aber gets taken and so Danny has to like you know telepathically like get in there and like save her and then they've got to like lure in Rose and like trap her and the way they lure her in is by bringing her to the Overlook Hotel which wow that was a moment <laughs> in time like that is a moment in the cinema universe that everyone needs to experience <laughs> because wow and like so so that's pretty much like the whole plot. For, you know, right? Basically, so um I'm gonna get into some trivia really quick, okay? Because this trivia, there's a lot of trivia, but it's really like interesting, and then like we'll get into like all the all the good stuff, okay, all okay. the juice, all the tea. I'm everything. excited. So this movie was directed. Okay, so this movie came out in 2019. And it was directed by Mike Flanagan, who I'm pretty sure directed The Haunting of Hill House.
1: (gasps) Amazing. So
0: a king, a legend. So I kind of, I said this, but like, you know, some of the actors, so Dan slash Danny is played by Ewan McGregor rose the hat is played by rebecca ferguson and if you saw the greatest showman she is the opera singer and i forgot her name in the movie right. but that's her
1: oh my god i knew i recognized her from somewhere and
0: i really like rebecca ferguson i think her voice is so yeah like, she's trans- i don't know also she, yeah she and her she's she sucks in this movie but she's got a vibe and she's, i liked it yeah she's very cool yeah she's very cool
1: very like stevie nicks very kind of stevie thing.
0: nicks yes very nomadic very cool
1: And then Abra is played by a
0: a girl named Kylie Curran. And then Billy, who is um, Dan's best friend and he's, like, adamant in the movie, is played by somebody named Cliff Curtis. So, those are all, like, the main main characters you need to know. Um, So, some really cool trivia I found a lot. So, to start it all off with... So, Mike Flanagan had to get Stephen King's approval to make this movie. Amazing. Which, as he should. Right, of course. Of course. So more so most there's a lot of elements of the shining in this film Mm -hmm. like from shots to sounds to to obviously characters to sets everything so most of the elements in the shining were recreated with duplicate sets and look like actors and all that but three shots were reused from the original movie So, the aerial shot of the water and the island, like, that goes, you know, that, like, zooms in as they're going up the mountain. Uh Uh-huh. That is an original shot from the movie. And what they did was they transformed it from day to night and, like, recolored it and all that. Cool. And they also did that with um, the shots of the the car driving up the mountain and, like, that whole scene, too. So, those were the three original shots from The Shining used in Dr. Sleep. Amazing. Yeah, very cool. Very
1: cool. Very cool.
0: And they... All they did was just, like, edit it, like I said, they did To make it look
1: from daytime to nighttime. They
0: degrained it, they recolored it for day to night, and they added some snow. Like- Cool. Awesome. Awesome. Um, So, Danny Lloyd, who plays Danny Torrance um, in The Shining, he's, uh-huh. like, young Danny, makes a cameo in the movie at the baseball game, in the baseball scene.
1: hmm What? So, yeah. he's obviously grown. Yes. He's obviously, like, a man. He's
0: credited as, like, one of the spectators at the baseball game. Very cool. And I was, like, awesome. Love that. And then the director, Mike Flanagan, painstakingly recreated the sets of the Overlook Hotel from blueprints acquired from Stanley Kubrick's estate.
1: Whoa. Yes. So he got his hands on those blueprints and said, we're doing it again. That's Cause that was, crazy. Because it is. We were talking about it because I watched. I came over and Sarah was you know, finishing up and we yeah. watched the ending together. And I was like... They have to be using this exact same set.
0: It's like to a T. Like, I think he was like, it has to be exact. It has to be identical. It has to be perfect.
1: And it was. It was. From
0: literally watching The Shining a week ago to watching this now, like, they did a really good job with the sets. Like, very... Like, Kira was like, does this look the same? I was like, it looks exactly the same. That's crazy. So, they did a really good job with the set design and all that. Um, So, apparently, it took a lot of negotiating to get this film made, Mike Flanagan had to convince Stephen King, and Stephen King had to give his approval, despite his own distaste for Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Right. And Stephen King wanted it to be more based off of the The Shining, the mini series that came out in nineteen ninety seven, but Mike Flanagan was like, Audiences are way more familiar with The Shining, the movie, rather than the mini the miniseries. Very true. And so therefore the film had to be a sequel to Stanley Kubrick's classic film. Very,
1: very true. Which is which is T, honestly, and that's yeah, no, that's a very, very smart move because yeah, way more people have seen The Shining than the miniseries. I didn't even know there was a miniseries. Exactly, until you just exactly. Said that.
0: And it's like it's a better move for the audience and for for the for the film to do well for right.
1: sure, and for like the exciting part, which is recognizing The Shining, recognizing the things from The Shining, the film, Absolutely. as opposed to a miniseries. Yes. Um. So
0: this little fun fact, I don't know. I kind of like. Loved it. So apparently Ewan McGregor admitted that he didn't really like horror films, so he never watched The Shining until he started acting and felt he could no longer ignore its classic status, which is kind of how I felt relatable when I watched for this Sarah. movie. So this little, this little fun fact is very relatable. I was like, I need to get over and just watch this like iconic movie. If I'm going to be a cinema nerd, I need to watch cinema. Like. Right. So that was a little relatable moment for me. Um, so... Ewan McGregor was up against Dan Stevens, Chris Evans, Matt Smith, and Jeremy Renner for his role of Dan. But, crazy, McGregor ended up being cast with Stephen King's blessing.
1: <gasps> Isn't that cool? Love that. Yes. I, I mean, I to be honest, I could not imagine him being played by anyone else. Oh my god, Chris Evans? I would have been like, are you kidding me?
0: You're gonna I have be like, Captain America Yeah, i feel like,
1: Captain America. Get, I'd be like,
0: boring. Yeah. And Why get, don't you cast somebody new? Get fucking Hawkeye out of here too. Yeah, like, and I don't know who Matt Smith is. Me neither. <laughs> Jeremy Renner, again, is like in, like in Avengers. Like, get out of get here. Get out of here. Get out of here. Um... And then, so, Stephen King apparently did not like this movie, but he also didn't... Damn! He also didn't like The Shining, which, I mean, it makes sense, because I feel like, I said this last episode, Stephen King's work, I
1: think, shines literally through his writing. Right. And not so much in the And, cinema. of course, if he doesn't like The Shining, if he didn't like Stanley Kubrick's The Shining, this yeah. is all based, based off of Stanley Kubrick's Shining. Yes. So, of course, he's gonna already be, like, turned off a little bit right. to the idea, because right. so much of it is... Integrated into this movie. Yes, absolutely. But ultimately the
0: movie got made, and yes. So, and I think it's awesome that it got made with Stephen King's approval, because that's important considering... Dr. Sleep is his book. It's his world. Oh, absolutely. Like, if you're going to do these, like, film adaptations of books, you need to, like, have the author, like... I think the author should play a huge role in making... Absolutely. It's absolutely. Just like, it's just,
1: like, how, like, I you know, I think about, like, the uh, Percy Jackson. I think, yeah. And, like, how everyone was, like... Granted, like, those movies were all right, right? Like, they were right. fun for, like, kids or whatever. But everyone who read the books, including myself when I was in middle school... Yes. ...read the books, and then the movie came out, and it was nothing... Like the books. And, like, that's just how you get a film adaptation of a book to flop. Right. And if, and the people who, obviously, if the book comes first, which it always does, people, or I guess it does most of the time, like, people are going to, people are very attached to the book. And when you don't, when you don't when you have different characters and the plot isn't like, it's not that hard, you know, like yeah. people are going to be mad. And... It's literally
0: like handed to
1: you what you yeah, need to do. Exactly. Like, and I get that you'd only have a certain amount of time, but like to change a full character is just, that's just stupid. That and move. like things like that is just not cool. But now Rick Roydian or whatever, the author of Percy Jackson, I think they're in the works to making like brand new, new movies, new movies, or maybe it's a series. I don't remember which he's in the, like what's, He's in but like he's gonna play a huge part in like whatever they're coming up with next for that series, which I think is he should that's exactly how it should be. Like a hundred percent Yeah. So
0: and then my last little fun fact, which we love, this whole movie was filmed in Georgia. Yes, I thought so. Yes, I totally 100% thought so. Um, it was filmed in Covington and in Atlanta. Cool. And Covington is where they filmed the Vampire Diaries. I'm pretty Oh sure.
1: right, which is definitely like the town, the small that, town vibe. It's definitely the town. I feel like that um, Danny is like working in. Yes. When it kicks off, it's very yes. like cute, like a uh, town square type right, of situation. Right.
0: Oh, and this is another fun fact that I noticed while watching, and it was also on the IMDB list. This, but I forgot to write it down um so uh Abra's house uh-huh. her house number is 1980 <gasps> which is the year The Shining came out
1: what yes
0: I noticed that I was like oh noticed interesting cool yes yes so I loved this movie I think if you're gonna watch a sequel to anything yeah. it needs to be this and like the Shining, like, you, is such a classic piece of film. Like, you think that, like, nobody could ever touch it or, like, do a sequel or, like, make anything of it. And I thought they did a really good job. I thought they did
1: so good, too. And I hate sequels. Yes. I hate sequels. And I just think that this is literally the only sequel that will ever matter. Yeah. Literally.
0: Will ever matter. And This like, one
1: was so good. And I, I was t- telling, I think, last week when we were talking about it briefly at the end of the last episode. But I was talking about, like, how... Um, like, the movements. Oh, Like, it's hard to even explain what I mean. Like, I'm not even sure if I mean camera movements or what I even mean, but, like, there are, and, like, I think there's no way to explain it unless you watch it. So, like, just watch it if you can. Like, I think that, like, there are some insanely cool scenes. Absolutely. And, like, shots and things in this movie that are, like, I was in, I saw it in theaters and I was just, like, sitting there like, wow. Yeah. Like, wow, 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 wow. Like, it feels almost like trippy almost yes like like it's I felt like I was like that's an acid trip yeah I was like but like in a way that's not confusing no like it's a there's a lot of moving parts and I'm sure just by hearing like Sarah's synopsis like it sounds very confusing yes and like there are a lot of moving parts yes but it's never I was never like lost (laughs) you know and like yeah the shots are so crazy like I was sitting there with my dad and I was like I know my dad's not like picking up on that I know he's not appreciating these like shots and scenes as much as I am but i was like wow 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 like i wish i had like smoked a little bit of weed before or yeah. like something like i yeah, yeah, yeah. like
0: like it's just so cool like it's so cool for example so the the true knots they kind of like induct a newbie in they like you know recruit a new member and when you join, you gotta like you know inject all this vape into you, and like it's a kid's soul <laughs> and like all this whatever. Vape. But there's a camera shot where the shot goes from like facing uh, Rebecca Ferguson, uh, Rose the Hat, and it literally flips to the point of view of the girl who's being inducted into the cult slash sorority. Yes, like
1: slash sorority. Yeah. So I guess a lot of it is c- camera m- movements, but like you just have to see it to like to understand. really understand what we're saying. It's almost kind of like it's.
0: I've never seen Inception, but I get Inception vibes from some of the (laughs) movements. And, like, another movement is, like, there's a scene where... Like, uh, Abra. I want to call her Aria, but her name is Abra. Abra, like abracadabra. Yes. Abra is, like, you know, trying to get into the mind of Rose, and what she does is she pushes on her wall, the room spins, and she starts dangling, and the only way I can translate that Well, that me, is, that is
1: very Inception, because there is yes. a very and spinning also, hallway scene in, the, in the Inception. And
0: also, if you've ever seen High School Musical 3, there's a
1: spinning <laughs> hallway scene in that. So that's what I was gonna... Yeah, that that's, too,
0: that too. So it's, it's very cool. It's very well done. It's... The beginning, so like the first hour, I'm not going to lie, is kind of slow, Mm -hmm. but they have to set up all of these things in order for them to all tie together. And once they do, (laughs) mind exploding. (laughs) Totally insanity. The connection is wild. And I loved this movie. It was so cool. It was so so cool. cool. Like I said, this is the only sequel in the cinema universe that matters. Yeah, it's very, very cool. It's very cool. It's so well done. Like, I can't even tell you some of my favorite scenes because, like, they're all good. And, like, like I said, there's a lot of moving parts, so it is hard to see, like, some of the scenes. Not see some of the scenes, but, like, pick a favorite. For sure. But, like, the total ending and, like, once, like, Abra and Dan, like, meet, their, like, bond and connection is so sweet, so wholesome, so platonic. And everybody in the movie's like, ew, Dan, you're a perv. And he's like, no, I'm not. We're connected. Like, (laughs) because they're,
1: like, the only two people who understand each other. And especially, like... I mean, I think it's because, like, again, like, growing up, Dan had a mentor, and now he feels like he can mentor her. Because and his like,
0: mentor was like, you need to mentor her. Exactly, like, exactly, You need to help her. And, like, you know, she respects him, and she listens, and I think at one point, she goes, like, poking around in his mind, and he's like, don't ever do that again, and she's like, okay, I won't, I promise. Like, Aww. she's she's such a cool 13-year-old. Yeah, and, like, she's very cool. A skinny legend, and just <laughs> awesome. I don't yeah. care this, but when I was first watching it, I thought uh, Kylie Curran was... Uh, I thought she was Taylor Russell from right.
1: Waves, and she's not. But she's a little bit younger, I think.
0: Yes, definitely a little bit younger. But she does a really good job. She does a great
1: job, especially there are. There's a point I think where Dan kind of like takes over her body at one point to yeah. help her like get out of a scary situation, and like so she's acting as Dan, right, as herself, if that makes sense, and like that's killer too. Yes, I think it's really cool that she. I did not know that it was directed by the people who did Hill House. Yes, I saw which, that in the in the facts, which makes a lot of sense because if you've seen Hill House, which I haven't, but I've. you told me about right. Bly Manor. We talked about this the other day. Like, I think Hill House, or at least Hill House and Bly Manor, but Hill House specifically is a masterpiece. Right. In my opinion. Yeah. And it's less to do about, like, the genre being horror, or, like, it's less to do about that and more about, like, the way the story is, like, stitched together. And, and how like, it's all intertwined. And, and told in, like, in, like, a, in, like, a. I don't even know, an episodic like way, and it's just, it's so cool. And like, the, it all, it, it's that makes so much sense to me. Yeah. And if you watch Hill House, it will make sense to you too when I, when we're talking about like camera movements and talking about, um, just like the, it's just like artful like the yes, the lead up to things and like reveals and stuff like that it's just it, there's a, definitely like an artistry involved in that and I think like it's present in both of those things so definitely watch yes. Hill House definitely watch um, Sleep Doctor Sleep if you can yes
0: and it is a long movie it is a commitment it's two and a half hours
1: <laughs> sorry <you>. it's
0: fine <laughs> um, but it was it was really good and it was really well done and it's it's like I said it the film kind of picks up where it left off which is really cool to see like a modern version of The Shining almost yeah. and there's a lot of like, cool, integral parts, and... It was dope. All Fucking right. Fucking loved it. Fucking loved it. Give me some letterbox. Yes. So, kind of the same situation with the letterbox reviews. There's not a lot of comedic jokes, because a lot of people really liked it. Some people didn't, which, I mean, like, I kind of get, like, you sure. know.
1: The, the Especially trend- if, like, if, you know, like, I like The Shining and like watched it and think it's obviously a fucking classic but I, it's not, I'm definitely not some of one of the, a person who's like this is my favorite movie of all time it's like like I'm not that yeah. type of person but a lot of people, people are yeah. a lot of people are going to be insanely attached to The Shining and if they see it done in any certain different way they might get super mad about it so I could totally see that being the case yes yes so this one comes from someone named
0: Sioran I don't know what yeah I can't spell that or say that whatever um they said imagine making a sequel to one of the greatest and most influential horror films of all time ballsy <laughs> which is true. true like this is this was a, a bold it move it is ballsy actually yeah a hundred percent but like i said i think they did a really good me job too. me they too did a really good job um, this next comment comes from Liam, and they say it's about time y'all stop sleeping on this steamy masterpiece. <laughs> Good one. Which ties into literally the plot, because like they right. talk about the the steam of children and like and
1: sleeping and
0: sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> so. Boom. This next one comes from James, and they say, This made me like The Shining even more. Such a cool universe with so much potential. And I agree. I agree. Agreed. Say it louder for the people in the back. Agreed. I'm going to say it again. This is the only sequel that matters ever. I will say that
1: you made me watch the Adams Family sequel. Yes, <laughs> I did.
0: Week. Yeah,
1: but still. Still. That, that and can- the Kissing Booth <laughs> sequel. Those sequels don't matter. This one
0: does. True, true, true. I honestly can't believe you gave me a sequel, but I love that you did. I love that
1: you did. (laughs) Well, I definitely, I mean, I gave it to you in succession, and I loved this movie. This movie was good. This movie was good. So, this
0: last one comes from Sean McGee, and they said, Rebecca Ferguson can vape the remains of a child (laughs) into my mouth whenever she wants. (laughs) And I was like... That is funny. I love that people are using the word vape. It it literally looks like a vape cloud. It, like, it's so funny. It fits funny. really well. And, like, they, they like, push, like, kind of, like, they push on the body and just, like, all this, like, vape comes out. Like, <laughs> it's so funny. That is hilarious. Um, But, yeah, this movie was really fucking good. Um, I really enjoyed it. It took a while for me to enjoy it, but it makes me love The Shining even more. And I think these people did a really well job, like a really good job of like producing it and making it and keeping it like the way it needed to be and like remembering parts and, yeah, I really I really liked it and I thought it was really well done. All right, what's the rating? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I think like a four and a half too. Like okay. four Or four and a half. Weird. So, it was dope. It was good. It's very cool. It's very cool and like like, like if you have any love for The Shining or even an ounce of respect for it, you need to watch this movie. I agree. 100%.
1: I think even if you... I mean, I'm not sure if it would... If you would... Would you get... Do you think you would understand it fully if you hadn't seen The Shining? No. I mean, you definitely wouldn't understand the ending, but do you think you would follow the story? No. No. Okay, okay. <laughs> no. I was gonna say, like, it would be cool even if you haven't seen The Shining. I mean, yes, but... And they do explain, like,
0: kind of what The Shining is. Like True. In the movie, they kind of, like, re-explain it and, like, you know... But, like, you know... And, like, Red Rum is obviously very iconic and, like, whatnot. But it helps you understand, like... True. Yeah, you do really need to see the first one if you haven't seen it, but... Like, the yeah. trauma that Danny has as a child in the beginning is, like, very important. as But, to, like, like,
1: I could see... I mean, like... I've and, seen like, them both. I like them both. But I could totally see someone watching... The Shining, and then watching Sleep Doctor and liking Sleep Doctor more. Like, I could totally yeah. see that being the case for some people. Um, I just... It's so good. Anyway. Uh, they're both really good. I totally agree with the four out of five stars. Um, <sighs> that was a lot wow. of exciting, excitable, yes. talk, like, speaking about both of those movies. It's a rare occasion that
0: we both like our movies, because half yes. the time Kira hates her. True true, true. <laughs> true, true, Which is funny. I mean, I always like mine, but...
1: <laughs> um, okay, let's talk about what we're gonna give each other next week yes so uh, sadly next week
0: spooky season will be over and but it's so still the election and true, it's true. still true. fall oh
1: my god the election we can't
0: wait for it to be over if you <laughs> haven't
1: voted go vote in six days scary scary um but yeah so we were still feeling like you know a fall vibe i'm gonna carry on the fall vibes yeah for sure know, definitely um do you
0: want me to give you yours first or do you want to give, me- give me mine first Okay, so next week I am going to make Kira watch Midnight in Paris, which, which is uh, I know nothing
1: about, so I'm very excited. It's a
0: it's a literature based movie. Owen Wilson's in it, and he's just like really cute and wholesome, and like I really like it, and it's it's fun, it's cool. I'm excited. It's a cool concept, and like I think they do a good job. Okay,
1: I'm excited. Yeah, I am gonna give Sarah Moonrise Kingdom. Let's go. Which West I'm Anderson. Super excited about. Yes, directed by West Anderson. It's very cool. It's definitely like um, like a Tim Burton. I mean, like Wes Anderson, if you see any of his movies. He He's has, unique. He has his own universe as well. Yes. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, I think you'll really like it. And it's adorable and wholesome. And I think it gives, I think it's pretty, like, fall.
0: It's funny, actually. So the boy that I went on a date with last week, we were, I was trying to get him to, I was trying to culture him in film. <laughs> and he told me that Moonrise Kingdom was one of his, like, one of his favorite movies.
1: Interesting. Yeah. And
0: I was like, that's literally, I'm like curious list to give to me and so it is interesting that you're giving it to me now cool
1: i did not even yeah you did not preface with that anyway so i did not know that so but yeah this will be good i'm yeah. excited for you to see this it's really
0: i'm excited for you to see um midnight in paris all right this like is it. gonna be
1: good yes this is gonna be a good wholesome um episode yes next week
0: check out our instagram it's called movie night pod it's dope give us a follow give us a shout out give us a suggestion
1: yeah and tell your friends about us yeah okay love you love you guys bye